0: Hi, Johanna. Hi, Dylan. So you're here to tell me some kind of story today, yeah?
1: I am. So let's jump right in. Okay. At 6 a.m. on August 12th, 1817, two men stepped onto an island for a meeting. And I should clarify, when I say island, I really mean just a gigantic sandbar. In the middle of the Mississippi River between Missouri and Illinois.
0: Uh huh. And they were coming to this sandbar island for a. By meeting, you mean a. <laughs> what?
1: I mean a duel, Dylan. <laughs> yes. A duel to the death, which gave this sandbar its name Bloody Island. After this.
0: Stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com.
1: You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time.
0: Here to tell us about Bloody Island is our resident Missouri correspondent, Johanna Mayer. Uh so you're you're from St. Louis.
1: Yeah, I'm from the area, and I love the city of St. Louis and its history. And the story I've got for you today takes place way back in 1817.
0: Pretty young country in 1817 still.
1: Yeah. And back then, St. Louis was a big Deal like California wouldn't be a thing for another 40 years. So at that time, St. Louis was really the gateway to the West, it Hmm. was like the last bit of civilization before wilderness. And also, St. Louis had the Mississippi River which runs along the eastern coast of the city and separates it from what's now Illinois. And rivers were a huge means of transportation at that time. St. Louis was essentially a port city, so there were all sorts of people passing through. And the really interesting thing about this is a river is a body of water, so no state owns it which means that all sorts of interesting stuff can happen there.
0: Is there like a code of, like like you know like open <laughs> the seas code? there's like weird law lo- Yeah, are there like weird river laws? Like you can't just like do anything when you're in a river, can you? <laughs> I think you
1: kind of can do what? anything <laughs> when you're in a river.
0: Wow. This is a loophole that I did not know was available to me.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, that's why you see casinos in rivers a lot of times. You know, riverboat casinos, because gambling will be illegal in whatever state.
2: Oh, wow. Popping
1: in the river, you can get away with it. And people use this for nefarious purposes, but also for positive purposes, too. For example... There was this minister in St. Louis who held reading and literacy classes for African Americans on steamboats. Oh, wow. He essentially made steamboat schools because learning to read and write if you were black back then was illegal. Wow. Yeah, but it wasn't just boats, there were also islands in the middle of the river that just weren't claimed by either state. And back in the 1800s, there's this big sandbar in the middle of the Mississippi River, right smack between St. Louis and Illinois across the river. It was about a mile long, 500 yards wide. So, like, big enough to be the sort of no man's land. Perfect place for illegal activities like a duel to the death.
0: This is a, a Mad Max Thunderdome zone here. <laughs> in the
1: middle of a river, totally. And I talked to Christopher Allen Gordon. He's a Missouri historian who told me that long before it was actually called Bloody Island, this sandbar was pretty well known to locals.
2: Bloody Island was a very visible place. There was one duel there, a thousand people lined the shore to watch from the Missouri side, this duel that was happening across the river. And both of those those guys killed each other. They they were so close to each other, they shot and killed each other.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) That didn't work out for anybody.
1: So the story with these guys is that apparently they both had really bad eyesight. So according to the terms of the duel, they needed to stand like five feet from each other in order to see each other.
0: One of the, the things about duels, they have all of this complex sort of like... Uh, rules to them, like, do you got to choose how far you stood apart, right? Like, there's 10 paces, but you could just say, no, we're not doing 10 paces. Neither of us can see we're doing five feet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But you got to choose a lot of stuff. It's not just the number of paces. I mean, you often think of dueling pistols as the weapon of choice, but you could yeah. choose, like, a musket you could do it with swords
0: that is such a heavy move you know to be like oh you thought we were going to shoot at each other we're having a sword fight
1: so there's actually a different story involving swords and duels and a person that i can guarantee you will 100 recognize that took place on a different island a little upstream from bloody island but we're going to get back to that in a minute okay so despite all of these rules and codes the key thing to know about duels is...
2: It was all about manliness, you know. What we would call toxic masculinity nowadays, you know, it's defending your honor and uh, not being seen as a coward and so forth. And there were certain words that you could not call people. One was a coward, one was a rascal, one was a scoundrel. But one of the worst things that you could do was call a man a puppy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the 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 degree to which these words have, like, fallen out yeah. of, like, like, coward still has a sting to it, but calling someone a rascal is, like, basically a term of endearment. So is scoundrel. It's like
1: what you call children. Yeah,
0: and puppy is just not even in our lexicon as an insult anymore.
1: And it just so happens that the P word is at the heart of this duel back in 1817, which gave Bloody Island its name. Back to our two guys from the beginning. Their names were Thomas Hart Benton and Charles Lucas. And they're both lawyers, both kind of like high society dudes. Benton in particular was known for being really strong-willed and ambitious. He paled around with the power elite of St. Louis. He was a really established, older guy. Lucas was 10 years younger than Benton. Hmm. His dad was friends with Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin, so he was also kind of trying to climb the social ladder a little bit, trying to break in. Hmm. So for fans of the TV show Succession, you're basically looking at, like, Logan Roy versus Cousin Greg.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. That's uh, not a good matchup. And he gets, like, so, a, the rum and coke, and he's so nervous that, like, he's like, oh, this is a man's drink. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: So these guys clash in the courtroom a couple times, but the duel came about because Lucas, the younger guy, had heard a dirty little secret about Benton, which was that he did not pay his taxes.
2: Uh,
0: (laughs) no, I was waiting for like an affair. Nope, that's it.
2: So he calls Benton out on this and Benton, like, Tries to ignore him and then makes the sneering remark of, you know, I'm just going to ignore you because you're a puppy.
1: There it is.
0: Oh, ho, ho, ho. Them fighting
1: words.
0: <laughs> you called me the cutest thing in the world. <laughs> now I challenge you to a duel.
2: Puppy, it's from the French word poupée, which means lap dog, or actually the literal translation is doll, like a girl's dolly. And to be called a puppy was to imply that you were not a man in control, that you were being controlled by others, especially women. So it was really a slap in the face.
1: So young Lucas challenges Benton to a duel. And according to the rules, because Lucas initiated the duel, Benton got to decide on the weapons. So he picks muskets, and they agree to stand 30 feet apart and they head out to Bloody Island.
2: And Benton is a very good shot. And he and Lucas face off, and Benton shoots him in the neck and wounds him pretty severely. You know, it more than just grazes him. And Lucas was bleeding pretty badly. For most duels, people would at that point say, I have satisfaction. I'm, you know, we don't have to do this again. But Benton was known as kind of a hothead, and he said, I don't have satisfaction. I want to meet again.
1: So Lucas spends some time recovering from his gaping neck wound. They go back to Bloody Island a few weeks later, and this time they decide to stand only 10 feet apart.
2: Benton shoots him through the chest. People don't realize how bad these wounds were back then. Um, You know, these were... Equivalent to like, well, they were. They were like musket balls. You know, they leave very nasty wounds. And so this kid is is suffering. He's in his early twenties. He's lying there, and Benton comes over to him immediately, and uh, is already feeling regret at what he's done, and uh, says, you know, you're you're with your friends. You know, you'll you'll be okay. And Lucas says to him, No, you've murdered me. But I forgive you anyway. It's
0: so sad. Yeah. It's just like, what a terrible outcome for for everyone involved, you know?
1: And I mean, the incident really stuck with Benton. You know, obviously, Lucas got the shorthand in this deal, but Benton, it did weigh on him for years and years. He talked about this on his deathbed, expressed regret one more time, but... It didn't mar his reputation too badly because he did go on to be a senator for 30 years in the wake of all of this.
0: <laughs> so did you know, being from the area, did had you heard about Bloody Island? Is this like familiar history? or
1: I didn't know about this until this year. And the reason is probably because Bloody Island doesn't exist anymore. So what happened was that, you know, the river was this huge commerce route, and when these islands popped up, it made it really difficult for boats to navigate getting around. Right. So they created a bunch of dikes and dams to sort of, like, fuse Bloody Island to the Illinois side of the shore. A little funny trivia fact about that is that the engineer that they called in to work on this project had just graduated from West Point and was Robert E. Lee.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Robert E. Lee, do you remember the other duel with swords that I mentioned? Yeah. So the person involved in that duel was actually Robert E. Lee's nemesis, Abraham Lincoln. What? Really? Yeah, for real. It was Abraham Lincoln versus Illinois State Auditor James Shields.
0: uh, Oh, my God.
1: So the story behind this duel is that Lincoln wrote something minorly scandalous about S.H.I.E.L.D.S. in the local paper, (laughs) and S.H.I.E.L.D.S. challenged him to a duel. But because S.H.I.E.L.D.S. called the duel, Lincoln got to pick the weapons. Right, And Lincoln didn't actually want to kill this guy, so instead of muskets or a pistol or whatever, he chose swords. But luckily lincoln and shields i guess had better friends than benton and lucas because their friends both managed to talk them out of doing this duel and it never actually took place
0: thank god
1: but if it had taken place it wouldn't have been on bloody island they planned to do it on a different island a little further upstream with a much nicer name sunflower island (laughs)
0: Also, just harder to have that kind of fight on Sunflower Island, you know? It's like, it makes (laughs) less sense.
1: Not quite as intimidating. I mean, can you imagine? Think about how much history could have changed if, you know, if Abraham Lincoln got killed in a stupid duel in the middle of the Mississippi River. Yeah,
0: or if Hamilton hadn't been killed in his dumb duel. It rarely rarely do you feel like, oh, that duel really worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I have to say, Johanna, you know, after listening to you tell me this story, I really am getting the feeling that you're both a scoundrel and a rascal.
1: Oh, don't be such a puppy, Dylan.
0: (laughs) Well, that is a wild and amazing story. Thank you for telling me about the history of Bloody Island. Thanks, Dylan. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes
2: Doug Baldinger Chris Naka
1: Camille Stanley
0: Willis Ryder-Arnold
1: Sarah Wyman Manolo Morales Gianna Palmer Tracy Samuelson
0: Peter Clowney Our technical director is Casey Holford And this episode was sound designed and mixed by John Delore Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. I have you beat
2: Witness Docs from Stitcher
1: Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com.
0: The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.